the NBA season may be in the books, but that does not mean the drama doesn't continue. The NBA draft and NBA free agency was something else. A lot to recap there, and we will break it all down on this week's episode of Baller Island. Jay Sahoda, Balalahi, we got a lot to talk about, so make sure to keep it locked. We will talk Kyle Lowry going to Miami and give our best Kyle Lowry tribute as he leaves Toronto. It is officially the end of an era. We will recap the NBA draft, the big free agency signings, including the craziness going on in La La Land. And of course, we will talk a little bit NFL at the back end of the episode as Carson Wentz will miss the first few weeks of the regular season for Indy. But keep it locked. We got a lot coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Welcome back to another episode of Baller Island. Jay Sahoda, Bilal Lahi. The NBA draft is in the books, but that was not the only crazy thing that has happened within the past few days. The draft was wild. We got a chance to talk about that, but now NBA free agency happened last night on Monday, started at 6 o'clock Eastern time, and all hell broke loose after that. B, I don't even know where to start. There are a million different ways that we could start this episode, but we got a lot to get to. But how are you feeling after free agency and the draft? Man, this is one of my favorite times of the year, man. Draft, free agency, just nonstop checking your phone. Love it. Oh, absolutely. There's been so much stuff. I mean, I, I haven't even been able to keep up with it all. It's just been, it's been wild. And I, I guess I think the right way to start this year, and of course, we'll get to the draft and then we'll get to free agency. But I think out of all the things out there with you and I both being from Toronto, I think that the only way to really start off this episode is by talking about Kyle Lowry. Lowry's era in Toronto has officially come to an end. We all knew it was coming, but we just didn't know when exactly it would be. He was officially traded. It was a sign and trade to the Miami Heat in exchange for Goran Dragic and Precious Achua. What were your initial takeaways from this trade? I mean, uh, it's it's a lot take in i mean this is the guy we, we all expected him to go at the deadline um but to join miami and apparent him and jimmy butler are good friends him jimmy now you have you know they signed pj tucker they signed duncan robinson back now they got bam tough out a feisty but then as for toronto he he changed the culture in toronto did everything you could want led the team in every way through through everything, taking bumps, taking charges, did everything you could want. And he's the, he's the greatest Raptor of all time. And I mean, I'm sure, you, I'm sure you have a lot more to add to that, but just all praise to Kyle Lowry and what he's done for Toronto. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, there's, there's so much to say when it comes to Kyle Lowry and him doing what he was able to do for this city, this organization. And, you know, you and I, having watched the Raptors, this organization really grow from the early 2000s to now going through the Chris Bosh days, the Andrea Bargnani days and all those days. And we never really knew what success was and let alone the Raptors, but for like any Toronto sports organization, it has, you know, there hasn't been many times where there's been a championship or playoffs. It, it had, you know, we haven't seen a lot of that. Kyle Lowry coming to Toronto was one of the greatest things that has happened, not just to the Toronto Raptors organization, but the entire city of Toronto because of what he did. And you look at how the Raptors from really from 2013 up until last year in the bubble made the playoffs every single year. I don't think, and I've said this multiple times, I don't think a lot of people realize how insanely good that is to make the playoffs that many years consecutively especially like I mentioned in a city that hasn't had a lot of success in terms of winning championships. And Kyle Lowry did that. He helped bring this team. Obviously we all know Kawhi Leonard was the guy to really bring the team over the top when it came down to it. But make no mistake, Kyle Lowry, what he did was simply incredible in the, in the years that he was a Toronto Raptors. He was the leader in three pointers, the leader in assists, 
leader in triple doubles. I mean, I could go on and on about Kyle Lowry, but I think I'll kind of just leave it here with, I mean, just thank you for like every, for everything, all the moments, all the memories, you know, his heart hustle, his leadership, so many amazing qualities that he brought to the table and every night was something else. And I know for me, I made a list of some of my favorite moments from Kyle Lowry, his buzzer beater against a half court shot against Miami. I think that was 2016. That was something else. His game winning shot. It was a regular season game, not even a playoff game against Cleveland. That was one I'll I'll never forget. Game six against your Boston Celtics in last year in the bubble. That was something else. And then I think the one that we can all say here was the best memory of them all, how he started game six of the NBA finals against Golden State was some, what was it like a 10 0 run or 12 0 yeah, run, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, just by himself was simply incredible. And as addressing the trade itself, him going to Miami, I like it. It's extremely strange just thinking about him in another uniform. But I, I really do like it. I think with Jimmy Butler and Bam and Hero and some of those guys out there, they re-signed Duncan Robinson. We'll get into all those acquisitions in a bit. I, I think it's a nice fit. And you got Eric Spolster there as well. I am excited to see what he what he does in Miami. I will always be rooting for him after what he did for us, bringing home a championship. It's going to be weird. Very, very strange. But again, just Thank you, Kyle, for everything. And I cannot wait for that first game when Miami comes back to Toronto. Is gonna he is gonna get a lot more than just a nice reception. I think the the comparison that I'll use for this is like this is kind of like for me when Frank Gore left the Niners, right? That guy who was the heart and soul of the team. You always love him. And it's strange when he left, but you always root for him. Even seeing him in like Indy, Miami, Buffalo. I think he played for the Jets last year, which was just ugh. But like, I always root for the guy, right? And I feel the same way with Kyle Lowry. It's going to be strange as hell seeing him wearing Miami colors and that pink and, and powder blue. But again, best of luck to Kyle Lowry. And once again, just thank you for everything. And I'm sure that statue will be built very shortly. Yeah, that... It's it'll definitely be weird, dude. I, I can't imagine seeing him in a different uniform. But the thing I respect about him, I he irked me a lot, you know, is just his play style. And but the thing I always give him respect for is he did everything he could to win. Diving balls, charges on guys twice his size, you know, he was always among the league leaders in that. And he was just a good and like he knew what to do went to hit, and he was always hitting big shots. Like you mentioned, that game six, and when he got off to that crazy start, Boston, which is big shots after big shots, big-time defensive plays after big-time defensive plays. And he led, man. He just He's just a leader, man. I, I can't – you can't ask for more from your point guard. Lead the team, no. do what you need to do to win, and let everybody else get the glory. He never cared about that. He's like, DeRozan, you do your thing. Fans will love you. Kawhi, you do your thing. Siakam, you do your thing. If we win, but I'm not going to be the guy that, you know, wants it all, all the light, all the time. I'll be there once. And I, I can't give any more respect that I can to that. That's just all, all praise, all praise. Absolutely. He is incredibly unselfish for everything. And, and it's nice that you mentioned the DeRozan days too with him and Damar and, you know, that was a time that was both a lot of great memories and a lot of bad memories. And then I think the best thing to remember about Kyle Lowry is the road that he took. And, and it's kind of similar when we thought about Giannis, right, after winning the chip this past year with Milwaukee, going through those obstacles. That's what kind of made Kyle Lowry special in Toronto because he went through all those obstacles, losing in the first round two, three years in a row. LeBron, so... Especially considering he wasn't even, in, like, he was hanging on by a thread when he was in... Memphis and Houston before he even got yep. to Toronto. Yeah, so like, exactly. Real, and it's, real rags to riches like story. Absolutely. And and honestly, you probably remember more than I do, but honest, honest to God, and Villanova's a big basketball school. I had no idea he even went to Villanova until like, I think like 2015. I was like, oh my God, are you serious? But I guess, you know, we were probably a little more younger, but I wouldn't be surprised if you remembered. But I had, I didn't even realize that. But as exactly like you said, going through that too and then coming to Toronto, he really established himself as 
really one of the greats of this of this time. I mean, I don't know where we're gonna rank him. That's a whole other story. But in terms of at least Raptor, it's it's definitive. He is the greatest Toronto Raptor of all time. But we'll put that one to rest, and I'm sure this topic will be brought back up later in the fall or winter or whenever the heck Miami comes to Toronto. I'm I'm sure we'll we'll revisit this conversation. But best of luck to Lowry in Miami and South Beach. We will go back to free agency in a bit, but let's rewind to the NBA draft. You and I were talking on the Hoop Talk podcast the other day, talking about the draft recap. Shout out to them. If y'all haven't given them a listen, go follow the Hoop Talk podcast. Um, Jalen and Ryan, great dudes, have some great basketball content, know a ton. So definitely shout out to them and give them a follow. But, um, I mean, what were some other takeaways? I mean, I know we talked the other day, but what were some of your takeaways from the NBA draft night? I mean, it's still, I think they with the Raptors, at least for now, because that was, to me, I mean, I can see why they did the Scotty Barnes thing, but, like, that was sort of the first domino to fall the crazy draft. The first three, I think everybody was pretty set on how it was going to go. Um, Scotty Barnes, man, he'll be successful in Toronto. I'm not doubting that. Just because how hard he works, and especially with considering the Raptors' development situation, but I, I just don't like you know the the passing of Suggs. I just think he's got you know super all over him, and he's a winner, and he's proven it. And uh, just I just don't like the the passing of him. I, I do think Scotty Barnes will be good. I do think so. Um, but other than that, Toronto one, there's there was a lot, dude. There's a lot. Um, I thought Orlando, man, Jalen Suggs falling to you, a guy who's going to change the culture day one in Orlando. We talked last week about how Orlando's just dead. Whoever goes to Orlando dies. You get Jalen Suggs now, he's going to come in day one, change the culture up. You t- after he's like, yo, we're going to come, I'm going to come in and we are going to build something. Me, we, and I love that. Super unselfish. Then you add another guy like Franz Wagner. And you got two ultra competitive dudes that actually care about winning in Orlando that hasn't been competitive, like really competitive since, you know, that one trip they had in the finals with Dwight. I love what Orlando did. And they finally caught a break, man. No more Mario Hazonia, no more Aaron Gordon, no more any of those dudes. They got two studs and I'm, I'm happy for Orlando. Yeah, that's a great call. I think Orlando had a great draft as well. And like you mentioned, Jalen Suggs falling to five was, yeah, something they probably didn't expect. And then getting Wagner at eight, that's another terrific pick there as well. Um, I think Suggs will make will compliment Cole Anthony really well, your boy, who had a phenomenal year last year. I think you put both of them on the same court, kind of take the load off each other. That's a good start in terms of rebuilding. And we'll see what, what Orlando does. But um, going back to the Raptors, though, I mean, like I previously mentioned, I'm not totally surprised they took Scotty Barnes. Like, my whole thing here is I just think that this was more of Masai's guy, and he just wanted to take him. But, you know, it's it's funny, too, because I've seen you know some rumors here and there saying, oh, Jalen Suggs had a bad workout with Toronto and all that. Man, I think that's just, that's just BS. I really don't think that was it. I think Jalen Suggs, like you said, there's so many positives there, and Obviously, we all know why I wanted Jalen Suggs to become a Raptor with the Gonzaga element there. But, you know, forget that. It's because now, obviously, the thing before the draft, the the question was, what's going to happen with Kyle Lowry? Because if he leaves, Jalen Suggs is right there as your next guy. And it's, you know, the plan goes perfect. But now you lose Kyle Lowry. And then you had a chance to take Jalen Suggs, but you passed on him for Scotty Barnes. That's what makes this interesting now because if Lowry was in the cards for another year, okay, I kind of get it, but he's not. That's where I'm a little, you know, I think that's the thing that kind of bugs me. I'm not really bugged about picking Scotty Barnes. I think he's going to be great. I think he fits the what the Raptors do very well. I think four is definitely a bit of a reach for him. Having said that, like I mentioned, I think this was more of, Masai and Bobby Webster looking at each other and be like, well, we got the fourth pick. Let's just take our guy if this is the one that we wanted to take all along. But again, Suggs just brings a lot to the table. And I think he would have been a lot better. And you know me, I love Fred Van Vliet, but 
I think Jalen Suggs would have been a lot better as a floor general than Freddie V, but I guess it's his it's his team to run now, and it's the Magic or Suggs' team to run. One thing I want to say about the Raps, though, is when you pass on a guy like Jalen Suggs, I get you got Van Vliet, but I, I kind of look at Van Vliet as more like an off-ball guy. Um, last year, he had crazy tunnel vision. He was not Debian the Rock at all. And I think he needs to play beside a floor general. So to me, by passing on Jalen Suggs, they got a lot of faith in, in Malachi Flynn, man. They got a lot of faith in him. And by taking Scotty Barnes, we've been hearing Siakam rumors for like a year and a bit now. I think Scotty Barnes might, I think they're, that might have been the insurance that the reason they took him. They take him, maybe, you know, Siakam's on the move. I don't know. It's just it's just thoughts at this point, though. Yeah. I agree. I, I think there's more to this and, and we'll see what happens. Who knows? Maybe, you know, when we get on here next week, maybe there'll be another, you know, shoot a fall there. But, you know, I, I agree. I just think there's more to this. You know, again, like you mentioned, you take Scotty and you don't know what's going on with Pascal. You know, if you take Suggs and then there's Lowry, there's so many moving parts. And the Raptors offseason thus far has been a very fascinating one, especially as what they've done in the past 24 hours, trading Kyle Lowry not totally official what's going to happen with Goran Dragic and Precious Achua, who are two very good players, but obviously not really sure how they fit with who the Raptors have. But then the Raps go out and get Sam Decker, who I didn't even know was alive at this point. And last time I remember Sam Decker was in 2015 at Wisconsin. So they get him. And then they let Bembry walk, and then they let Paul Watson walk as well. So... The Raptors have had a very, very weird offseason thus far. But again, I think there's more to this. Um, but, you know, so some other teams here that had some great drafts. I think Golden State is one to talk about. And same with OKC. I think both of them had some great drafts as well. I know you really like Brooklyn. Um, so what were some other ones that kind of were eye openers? You know, I'm actually I'm actually going to zag on you, man. I don't like, I really don't like Golden State's draft at all. Um, those two players are going to be put in trade rumors as long as they're in Golden State. Um, those two and Wiseman now, it's like, I don't know if you can win a championship with those three guys playing minutes, playoff rotation minutes. And to me, it's just, it's not anything against the players. It's just like, if I'm in Golden State's position, I think I, I didn't have a good draft because I had to pick two players. You know what I mean? Joe Lacob's doing all the right things. He's like, yo, we wanted Moses Moody at seven. The fact that he fell to us at 14, we're ecstatic and all this. But, you know, yeah, they're win-now mode, man. I don't think a guy like Kaminga is going to help them <clears throat> win now. Um, so they're losers to me. You know what? That's funny that you bring that up because, again, if we had this conversation between Friday and yesterday – you know, I again, I probably would have disagreed with you in the sense that no, I think the Warriors did great in the draft. I think Kaminga at seven was a was a steal. Obviously, the thing with Kaminga is we don't really know. He's kind of an unknown. He could either be really good and reach his ceiling, or he could be really bad and it was a disastrous pick. As for Moses Moody, he's a decent guy, but I don't think there were a lot of talks of him being you know great. Even though he was a guy like you mentioned that Golden State really liked, but. Now that you kind of mentioned the whole thing about using them as trade chips and being a contender, which they are, and especially Clay Thompson's the dark horse this offseason. If he can come back healthy at some point, that's a big deal for Golden State. But after what the Lakers have done this offseason, I am in full agreement with you right now, now that I think about it, because if Golden State wants to compete, yeah, you, you Moses Moody vets. and Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna help you. But again, we'll talk about the Lakers in a second. But I I do agree with you in the sense that the Warriors can use those two draft picks as leverage. Maybe we we had kind of assumed that they were gonna do that on draft night, but they didn't. But now maybe that they have two guys, there's a lot of intrigue with Jonathan Kaminga. Maybe you know trading him you know, somewhere else to a team, a younger team that needs it, maybe a Sacramento or Minnesota who didn't get a pick. Minnesota had the seventh pick anyways. So I, that's an interesting one. And I think seeing what the Warriors end up doing with those two, that's something to keep an eye on as well. The the, the problem is, is that everybody wants, like, I mean, Golden State wants that third guy, right? 
and the two guys that were kind of on the maybe three guys that were on the market were Bradley Beal, who is not really on the market. He did at this point. Damian Lillard, who's also kind of on the fence, not really an option right now. And then Ben Simmons, who Daryl Morey thinks is like LeBron for some reason, asking for all this stuff. So I think they took the two guys just because they had no other option. They're like, if or Damian Lillard eventually do run out, we're right there. We're going to have the best offer with, with Moody, Kaminga, and Wiseman. Nobody can out really outbid us. Um, so they're just, they just did it because they had no other option. Maybe one of those guys do come, maybe one of them. But aside from Golden State, man, it, it was a wild draft. I do really like Brooklyn. Um, they got Cam Thomas, another scorer off the bench. Uh, you know, Daron Sharp, got to protect the paint, offensive glass, exactly what they did in Daron Sharp. You know, a, basically a younger, beefier version of DeAndre Jordan. Um, then they got Marcus Zagorowski, my guy from Creighton, another bucket off the bench. And then they go out and sign Patty Mills today, another bucket off the bench. I think this team might average 200 points next year, man. What's going on? Uh, honestly, and, you know, Cam Thomas dropping to 27, that I think comes like a bit of a shock to me because, you know, he was a great player at LSU. That's a guy who I was talking about when we did the draft preview. I was saying that's a guy yeah. to keep an eye out for. And now, yeah. you, like you mentioned, you put him on Brooklyn with all those scores that's something else. And Zagorowski's another one, man. I thought he was great at Creighton this year. And honestly, that just goes to show you how deep this draft was. I forgot he was even in this draft class until the name came up. I was like, oh, damn, that's a that's a nice pick by Brooklyn because he was fantastic. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens, you know, obviously throughout the year and, and going forward, how this class ends up, um, you know, ends up being. I think the the last thing that I'll leave with is I, I was intrigued by Detroit's draft as well. And not just, obviously, the everyone knew Cade was going there, but what they did in the second round, drafting Isaiah Livers and Luca Garza, I think was very, very interesting. If those two are able to develop and stay healthy, I think Livers more so on the health side, Garza more so on the developmental side. But if those two can pan out, those two are very, very good players. I think the Pistons did a nice yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you two more. And one, you're not gonna, you're not gonna believe me, but I'm serious. So one, I like, I like Charlotte. Um, but going down to 11, which we thought maybe he was gonna go six to OKC or somewhere around there, but him falling down to 11, a, a scoring guard. Not that Charlotte really needed any, because at the time they had Rozier still, they had Malik Monk still, and they had Devonte Graham. But, you know, now that those two, two out of those three are out of the way, I think Book Knight is a perfect running mate for LaMelo. I love it. They also get JT Thor, who's a wing defender. And then they get Kai Jones. And I think Kai Jones is a perfect with LaMelo. Last year they were playing, you know, P.J. Washington, Cody Zeller, uh, Biombo at, at the bigs. Kai Jones is like your typical, you know, Texas guy, you know, you know can jump. Yeah, and catch a catch a lob, and I feel like that's exactly what Lamelo needs. He just needs a a lob threat. So, I think Charlotte killed it. And then my next one, are you ready for this one? I like Atlanta. I like Atlanta. Sharif, Jalen Johnson, I'm not a huge fan of, but I like the picks. And Sharif Cooper, you know, small guard, but I've seen the way Atlanta hides their small guards, and it, so I'm I'm cool with it. But I'm 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 actually kind of liking the Jalen Johnson pick, man. I remember at the start of the year, he had a, he had a twenty twenty game for Duke, and I was like, "Damn, like who is this guy?" Right? Then the next <clears> game <throat> he had like a fifteen fifteen game, and I was like, "Oh my god, like yo, where's he gonna go?" I checked the mock draft. This is way at the start of the year. He was going top five at that time. For him to slip to twenty, and now I, uh, they're trying to get rid of Cam Reddish, you know, renew the rookie contract. So Cam Reddish was is you know, if you get a top five talent at number twenty, sliding right the cam reddish role i mean that's that's a win i didn't even think atlanta could get deeper and have a more solid roster but they did to me damn well that's something i didn't expect coming out of your mouth saying jalen johnson is a good pick but you know what i do agree in the sense that yeah what atlanta does and i think you know it's a nice fit if everything works off the court as well but yeah, I think what Atlanta done or did was a nice job as well. And I think, yeah, Book Knight falling to 11 was a little something there. I think Zaire Williams going before him, that was a little bit of a reach yeah, there. Yeah. And Book Knight falling to 11. 
But again, I, yeah, I think Charlotte did a nice job. I saw that they got a lot of high grades in the mocks as well. But I mean, we'll revisit this conversation throughout the year, and we'll you know we'll keep an eye on a lot of these young guys, and and um, we'll see how it goes. But turning over to NBA free agency, I mean, the obvious place to start here is the Los Angeles Lakers. What in the hell? Like, is the, does the cap even exist anymore? Like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, the the Lakers signed. Well, first they traded. There was the blockbuster trade for Russell Westbrook, which we'll talk about in a second. They traded him for Kuz, KCP, the twenty second pick, and Montrez Harrell. Sent them all to Washington for Russell Westbrook. Then they go out and sign Kendrick Nunn today. They re-signed THT. Malik Monk they signed, Kent Bazemore, Trevor Ariza they brought back, and then the Banana Boat brother, Carmelo Anthony. Hey, you forgot, you forgot my favorite one is Wayne Ellington. I knew I was forgetting someone. There's so many. Yes, Wayne Ellington was another one. That's another guy. With and and Dwight Howard, too. Dwight Howard, yep. They brought back yep. Dwight Howard as well. That is just ridiculous. Like, honestly, when I saw this list, I'm like, I'm not surprised if D. Wade's next coming out of retirement or Bugs Bunny and Lola Bunny are probably walking through the door next. Like, this is ridiculous. This is just ridiculous that the Lakers have done this. What are your uh, initial thoughts on the trade, the signings, all of what LA has done thus far? Man, this ain't even about LA. I got to go on a little bit of a rant here. I'm just pissed at the NBA, man. They need... Like every other sport, they have a hard cap. The NFL has that hard cap. The NHL has that hard cap. The NBA has a soft cap. So teams like the Lakers, you know, can go over the soft cap, right? They can go over this cap, sign all these dudes, and and they get paid in, you know, luxury tax. So they have to pay tax, right? So, I mean, obviously a guy like, you know, Jerry care about a luxury tax that he has to pay because – they're in LA. If they're winning championships and the markability of LA, that's going to pay for itself. He doesn't care about paying for a luxury tax. I'm the, the reason I say this is because teams like LA and Miami and New York, or like, you know, the New York area, New York, Brooklyn, those teams that there's so much market, those big market teams, you know, like they're playing with basically a hard cap, whereas everybody's playing with a soft cap. Minnesota, Sacramento. They can't af- those small market teams can't afford to pay luxury taxes like these big market teams can. So there's always going to be an unfair advantage. It's basically like these these big market teams are paying with like playing with an extra twenty million cap compared to some of these small teams. And it's just not fair. I don't I don't like it. You have guys like you know all these dudes signing for for cheap deals now. They just want to go to L.A. They just want to go to three different teams basically. Kendrick Nunn's like in his second year in the league, third year in his like passing up money to go win rings already like chasing at 22 or 23 i don't understand oh man yeah i i mean the westbrook trade in itself pissed me off but then seeing all these signings was just like wow here we go again and my thing here and and again i know this is going to be brought up all year long all month i'm sure it's already been brought up with LeBron James and the GOAT talk conversation based off of the fact that majority of the time he's doing it by bringing all these guys to one team. He did it with Miami. He tried to do it with Cleveland. Well, he did do it with Cleveland. And now he's doing it again in LA. It does kind of make me question, you know, like, can, can LeBron do it? You know, with me, I mean, he did do it with just AD and they won. I get that. But this is just absurd. And I'll start with the Westbrook trade. This one just annoyed the hell out of me because you need a point guard. Russell Westbrook is a guy who just wants the ball. Not a, he is not a floor general. He is a guy that will drive to the yeah. hoop. Don't let those 10 assists a game fool you, man. Exactly. Exactly. Right. He racks up triple doubles. But there's a reason why Russell Westbrook has not been in a final. Having said that, you send all these guys away, and then you have two guys on the market, which I thought one of them had a pretty good chance of going to L.A. That's Chris Paul. 
reuniting with LeBron. Well, not really reuniting. They never played together, but you know what I mean? As they're good friends. The other one was Kyle Lowry. And they passed up on both of them to trade for Russell Westbrook. I think is just absurd. And we'll see what happens come playoff time. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a top three team in the West if they're all healthy, of course. But even having said that, like, I just, I, I just don't get it. It just makes me annoyed with this team. And, and with LeBron, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed that this is what this team ends up being. And then they go on a whole thing of signing all these guys to this team. And sure, you got your ass kicked in the playoffs by Phoenix, but now they want to retool it and then go for the super team nonsense again. And I just, I, I hate super teams, man. And just them in Brooklyn, I, I can't, I can't with them right now. And you know what's crazy is I'm pretty sure Westbrook might have the biggest contract in the league or uh, him or John Wall. He's he's up there. He's in the top two or three biggest contracts in the league. And somehow they can trade for him at LeBron, who's, you know, LeBron's contract. Add him to AD, who's also got a max contract. So you're thinking that's it. They got three dudes that are paid, like, among the top ten dudes. And then you can add all these, you know, good role pieces, which is crazy. But I want to – I want to – I want to tell you one thing. Look at this. Westbrook, right? How much talent has this dude played with at this point now? He's played with Harden and KD, OKC, right? He goes to uh, Houston. He plays with Harden again. Then he goes and plays with Bradley Beal. Now he's playing with LeBron and AD. This dude's literally played with, like, almost every Hall of Famer from this generation except Steph. And he hasn't made a final. He's made the one final again. He lost in OKC. Right, of course. No, I do. I did forget that. Yes. So no, he has made a final, but yeah, and they and they didn't get it done. They were, you know, again. I think if they ever kept that team, they would have won it. But isn't that ridiculous? He's had like at this point, like how could you? If you're the Lakers, how could you be fooled into being like, yo, maybe we can? Because there's no way on paper, like, Westbrook playing with LeBron, they think, is is working, right? They're probably thinking, oh, you know what, let's put Westbrook in a winning situation and he'll change his game up. But, like, I mean, he's been on three other teams before. He's never changed his game. He's, he, he's who he is at this point. He's been in the league for 12 years at this point, basically, right? He ain't going to change his LeBron, you know? like I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't bank on it. But I, I, I just don't know, man. I just don't know what to say about this team. And, you know, going forward, but I've got to say is I'm just, I'm not rooting for the Lakers down the road here. I just, again, I just, I hate super teams and I hope everyone enjoyed the Milwaukee Phoenix final this year yeah. because I Might don't be really the, know. The only one in a long time we get. Like it, 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 exactly. And it was enjoyable. It was nice to see, you know, Chris Paul take a young Suns team, play really good basketball make a final, earn their way there. And then you saw Giannis do it, you know, with another good team, wasn't a super team, but a very, very good team go and win a title. And and they, they did take down KD in the nets. Like it, it is what it is. And the Bucks went and they did it. It was fun to watch. And it was a lot more entertaining than watch the all-star game for the NBA finals. I just think is there's no fun in that. Yeah. But uh, I think, I want to move on to the East a little bit, man, because I don't think the pecking order changes, man. I think it's still Brooklyn. Uh, it's the team to beat now. I yep. think Milwaukee's right there. Yep. Um, Brooklyn with their draft that we already touched on, and then adding Patty Mills, they just got so much right now. I look at uh, Milwaukee. Um, they re-upped uh, Bobby Portis, but they lost P.J. Tucker, and I think P.J. Tucker was a, a big part of, of what yep. they did. And now Miami, I think Miami gets their way into that three spot. You know, they, they signed Lowry. Love it. This, they got Jimmy. They signed him to his extension. So they got they got Lowry. They signed Duncan Robinson to five years, 90 mil, which was, you know, I shook my head at that one. I'm like, if he's worth yep. 90 mil, I got to be worth five somewhere. But Facts. You know, Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler. Then they go get PJ Heat culture up. Bam. So they're going to be a tough out. I think they're in a, they're sort of the third best team in the East right now. A lot. I, I just, and then you have Hero off the bench too, man. I, I don't know. But the thing to me is just like, it's sort of like the, the whole deal with Lowry. They're getting like Lowry and, and Jimmy are, 
play so hard, so often, every game, every second, those two, right? It's like it's like a running back, you know? Yep. Those hits add up. And I don't know how much longer those two guys really have. I think the window on, on for Miami is maybe two years tops, really. I don't know. I think Chris Paul kind of, you know, distorted some people's brains on what people can do. Chris Paul, LeBron, Brady. I think these three guys really think people can now people think they can play till like they're 40 and really make a difference. But those two, man, they take a lot of bumps. I don't know if they can hold up. Their body can hold up. Yeah, that's a good point. But I do think you also made a really valid point in the sense that this team is made out of guys who play with a lot of heart, hustle and grit. And that's what I really like about this Miami team and the moves that they made and seeing Jimmy Butler with Kyle Lowry and the other names that you mentioned, adding PJ Tucker, another one of those gritty guys who will, you know, grind out games. I think Miami, yeah, definitely made an impact. I don't know how much of an impact. Again, you're going to have to take down a Milwaukee or Brooklyn, I would have to assume, to get to an NBA final. So that's gonna that's where the intrigue kind of comes for me, but we'll have all season and off season to talk about that. But as for the rest of the East, yeah, I think the the one team that I'm a little surprised that didn't really make any noise whatsoever, that's Philadelphia. They were the one seed in the East, lost a series they should have won against Atlanta without any disrespect with Atlanta. Philly, I thought, should have done something to help this team and Joel Embiid. I don't know about you, but I, I'm kind of surprised that the Sixers didn't really do anything. Oh, they fully went backwards to me, man. They've been shopping. So, first of all, Ben Simmons shot his own value from that game. Like, let's be absolutely shot his own, right? But now, the fact that they're so willing to trade him and there's, like, a huge disconnect, you know, he doesn't want to be back in Philly. Philly don't want him back. And they're just shopping him all over the place. Every team in the league knows that they're not going to be together by the start of this season, right? So his value, even though it was down, it's already lower, right? I think they just killed it off completely. And that ruins your chances of getting, like, a Bradley Beal, who I think would be a good fit in Philly. Um, go out, and I think Danny Green's going to be gone this year, who's a you know a vet presence that Philly desperately needs. And then they sign Andre Drummond? Like, What? That don't make no sense to me. Did we not see how bad Andre Drummond was last year? He was garbage. And then it, it's literally like uh, two years ago when they signed Al Horford. Like, did you not learn from that experiment? Al Horford and Joel Embiid, there's absolutely zero spacing. Now you're going to bring in an Andre Drummond who has even less spacing with Joel Embiid. Like, how is that the one guy you bring in to help Joel Embiid win? Andre Drummond. It don't make no sense to me. Yeah, Drummond had, what, like two good games in the regular season, and then, yeah, got exposed in the postseason. But you know what's funny to me, though, is, yeah, the Sixers have been shopping Ben Simmons, and honestly, they they probably could have got a trade. That's if they didn't ask the entirety of planet Earth in return. These guys were shopping Ben Simmons, asking for, like, the Eiffel Tower, the Taj Mahal, Niagara Falls. They wanted all of that for Ben Simmons. I'm like, dude... You cannot be like, like I don't even think Ben Simmons was worth a, just a first round draft pick. I don't even think he was worth that at that point. Like maybe a second. You probably could have got Ben Simmons for a second. And these guys are asking for like, there was a trade with Toronto, with Lowry, OG, Freddie. Are you kidding me? Like no person's going to do that. And I forgot who the other team was that they, that they attempted they were, to make a trade. Were, at the deadline, they were this close to getting Lowry. And now it's just gone downhill since. Yeah, no, l- literally. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out which, what other team it was. It might have been Golden State or someone that it was where they asked another, just another well, he was well, thinking He was, you know, when Harden was on the market, it was, Philly was the front runner for Harden and the package was centered around Ben Simmons. It was a Ben's package of Ben Simmons, you know, maybe a pick and Tyrese Maxey. That's it. That's it. And now we're at the point where, like, you wouldn't even trade him for a bag of Cheetos. Yeah, no, literally. No, okay, so no, I did find the trade here. It was the Golden State Warriors. And the Sixers wanted Wiggins, Wiseman, and a handful of first-rounders for Ben Simmons. Are you, like, in what bright mind does that make any sense? 
Like, this is a guy who, after they lost game seven, was talking about, oh, I'm going to switch to my left hand to shoot layup. Like, oh, my Lord, have mercy. I don't I don't even know what to say about that. But, yeah, the Sixers, Son and Drummond, that's kind of all the noise they made. That's not good because the Heat got better. The Nets got better. The Bucks have to have momentum of being champions now. It's yep. going to, I don't know, man. Jalen Brown's coming back healthier for Boston. I did Things are not looking good for Doc Rivers and the Sixers going into next season. Um, but, I mean, going along, another tra- another interesting team that made some noise in the East was the Chicago Bulls, and they haven't made any noise in anything whatsoever in a really long time, really since D. Rose and Jimmy Butler left. The Bulls have been in the in the gutter. But they went out and they signed Lonzo Ball. They traded today earlier for DeMar DeRozan, and they inked Alex Caruso, which I think was eh, overpriced a little bit. But I think Chicago got better. What do you think about the Bulls' moves? I'm not not a huge fan. I don't know why Lonzo Ball was sought after by every single team, it felt like. Um, And I'm surprised. Okay, I'm going to backtrack one second. So the Pelicans are like, yo, Lonzo Ball, everybody wants Lonzo Ball. And the Pelicans were in rumors for Chris Paul. They thought they had a chance at that. They thought they had a chance for Kyle Lowry. They thought they had a chance to – because Lonzo's a restricted free agent, right? So if they wanted to, they could keep Lonzo, right? right. They do a sign-and-trade for Lonzo, end up getting Garrett Temple and Thomas Sadoransky. When you had eyes on Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry and you end up with Thomas Sadoransky running your point, I mean, they did sign Devontae Graham, but Pelicans, you're not doing your job, man. You got to pick it up. Otherwise, Zion's on his way out. But yeah. in terms of Chicago, Lonzo, now you got Zach Levine. You got DeRozan. Okay. You got Vucevic. So that's four, you know, solid dudes. And I think Markinen, he, he might be on his way out, but I like Markinen a lot. But those four guys, I'm on, let me tell you one thing, man. Those four guys might, are going to be the most exciting team under 500. Yep. <laughs> I could see that. I, I could see that. I think again, I'm not I'm not expecting a lot out of Chicago. Again, they they do have Billy Donovan as their head coach, who I, I love. I've loved him for the last few years, especially his time at Florida. So I trust in him. If anyone's gonna try and turn around this Bulls team, I think it's him. But they should again, make the playoffs. Realistically, they should be in the playoffs. No, that's what I'm saying. I think you go out and a guy again. I wasn't really wowed by Lonzo Ball either. You know, I you know I, there were some rumors about even the Raps trading for him. I'm like, nah. Like I don't. There's nothing that wows me about him. DeRozan again. We've we know him very well. He can only reach a certain point in his season. Does he have left in him at this point? Like, what's the... I don't get it. Like, you training... Not a ton. When you got Lonzo on you, I'm like, okay, you're going to build something Lonzo Levine. You're going to build up for the future. Then you pick DeRozan. I'm like, DeRozan's on over the hill at this point. Like, what's the ceiling? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, and and he had a chance to to really make something in the playoffs last year when the Spurs got in the play-in, and DeRozan flopped as per usual. He really just does not perform to a high level in the postseason. So, again, I, I love DeMar. I think he's a great player. But, again, he can only reach a certain point. And like like you said, I'm not really sure how much left you're going to get in him. But, I again, I do think it's a lot better than what Chicago has had in the past, like, five years. So, I'll give them that. And then Caruso, I think they'll get, you know, something of value off the bench. Or maybe he's a starter. Who the yeah. hell knows? Yeah. But And then they got, they got some pieces after Four, you still have Mark, and then you still have uh Patrick Williams, you still have Kobe White. Yeah, Kobe you're about, about so, to I mean, you got you got decent players. I mean, are you anybody's really taking them seriously? It's like a top four no. team in the east, like oh, whoa, whoa, hell no, <laughs> top that's, four. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you, I mean, I'm, maybe I was I... get an A on your report card for the offseason, but like, I'm, I mean, in the, in the big scheme of things, does it really do anything? Yeah, no, I was talking, I'm like, with these guys, I'm like, the expectations should be make the play in. I'm, like, I'm about to talk in any of the top four, play top out. five. I mean, I'm they, like, they, like, no, no. Their ceiling to me is like a six years. Maybe like yeah, an Atlanta it, run, maybe something like. What? Even though, hey, I don't even know about that because I don't think any of these guys are like Trey Young special. But again, I think uh, yeah, with these I don't guys, think so either, but some some guys look like Zach Levine like that. I don't think so. But yeah, you know. but again, with the playing tournament now, it's the top ten that give you a yeah, chance oh, to compete. Top. And I think Chicago okay, top ten. If they don't make it to a top ten, got seed, problems. 
that clean house, man. Clean yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I would, I would do that as well. I'm on to some other signings. So CP3 staying put in Phoenix. I would expect the Suns to be up there as well, even though the West just got a whole lot harder. SGA, yeah. your boy, re-signed with OKC. Love it. I really like what the Thunder did did in the draft as well. And then Trey Young. That was we weird. Talked. I thought they I felt like they were shopping him in every single deal possible. Didn't it feel yep. like that? Yeah, and then it they did. go and sign him to a massive deal. But I do like the I do like the pairing with him and Giddy though. That should be fun. Yep, agreed. I think that is a nice fit, and I'm glad they kept him because that was something that we were talking about last week as to what OKC's plans were keeping him or moving him, and now they decide to keep him and hopefully build around him. If they signed him to a four-year deal, it looks like they want to build around him and going up and getting Giddy and some of those other guys. So OKC, again, a long way to go, but I like where they're heading and the direction that they're heading. Trey Young got paid as deserved. What a phenomenal year. I really like the Hawks going into next year. Now, we're talking about top four, top five team in the East. I think the Hawks have potential to be like that. They got McMillan from the get-go. They got momentum from last year. That's a team I really John like. John Collins is the big one, though. That uh, I know John Collins probably thinks he's worth a lot more than he is, and I don't know if Atlanta wants to meet that number. But I did hear they, they offered him a huge five-year 125 and they haven't heard back so if he's i mean he's a big piece of that team i think so that'll be interesting yeah something to watch for sure and then the last one was steph he got paid once again as well with golden state as expected after his terrific year and then some of the other under the radar signings as well norman powell with portland I mean, I am happy for him after what he did in, in Toronto. I think that is a lot for him. But again, I'm, I'm happy for him. Patty Mills, like you mentioned with Brooklyn, I think that was definitely an underrated signing. Rudy yep. Gay with Utah, Dinwiddie to Washington, and then Gary Trent with Toronto. I got, I got the... a few more, actually. Go I'm, for it. I got to ask you something. So I don't really know what Washington's doing. Dinwiddie, you got Dinwiddie Beal. Um, that, I feel like you have ten dudes that play the same position. You have, you have KCP, you have Kuzma, Bertans, Hachimura, Kispert. Like I've, they, they got like such a logjam at these wings positions. I don't really know. And then, I mean, it's not like Dinwiddie. Like, how much is Dinwiddie gonna do? Like, at this point, yo, just clean house, get rid of Beal. Don't Dinwiddie. I just want to build from the start at this point. No. Yeah, Washington. I mean, we talked about this last week too. I don't, I don't know what the hell they're doing, and it seems like that's kind of how they are every single year. We have no idea what Washington is. They're kind of just this team that's just chilling between eight and nine or eight and twelve. Like Zero every, direction. Yeah. yeah, like they just and they don't move. They just sit there between them. And like you mentioned, this is such a weird roster. Like, it's funny because when you look at this roster and the names that I'm about to to rip off here, they're good players. Like, Bradley Beal, KCP, Spencer Dinwiddie, Rui Hachimura, Montrez Harrell, uh, Corey Kispert, Kyle Kuzma, uh, who else we got? Cassius Winston. This is, like, this is actually a good, a good team when you look at the names, but then it's like, none of those guys kind of mesh together. Like, it just, it just doesn't seem like again, they, they there's they no plan. Own. They're all like, it's literally a full roster of rotation pieces. Yes, that's that is exactly what it is. It seems like Washington was kind of just like, now we're just gonna sell our assets. We'll get, we'll give Westbrook, and then we'll just take five guys in return, and we'll just see what happens and hope for the best. And I don't like that. I I am agreeing with you. I think they should get rid of Bradley Beal, kind of start fresh. Dinwiddie, you don't know what the hell you're getting out of him because half the time I feel like he's been on like. Injured reserve, or if there even is an IR. I do like NBA. Dinwiddie, though. I like Dinwiddie. But oh, he's don't gotta get me. Be, I mean, like, I don't, I don't, like, he's a Russell Westbrook replacement. I mean, that team was supposed to be in the set because I don't like Westbrook. He willed that team to the, to the plane. That says something. But then it's just like such a weird mix, man. Like, I don't like it. It gives me like goosebumps. Like, yeah, it's a strange thing. And no, like I said, don't get me wrong. Spencer Dinwiddie is a very talented player when he's healthy. But that's my thing is like, I swear to God, Dinwiddie's like never healthy. And it's been like two, three years. And the guy has played like a total of like five yeah, games. I busted his ACL twice now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So 
really, you don't even know what you're getting. When a guy has bust their ACL twice in that short amount of time, there are a ton of unknowns yeah. into that. So I'm with you, Washington. I don't, I don't, I, I have no idea, honestly. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I sure every time if I ever bother turning on the TV, the only time I'll probably end up watching them is when they're playing Toronto. Hey, man, I'll be excited to see Rui and Kispert. But other than that, I don't, I'm not making anything out of Washington. I think they're going to be exactly the same as last year, probably a few spots lower. Um, but I don't even know. Any yeah. other team you wanted to, you want to go yeah, on? Yeah, I got, I got two more to touch on. And then, but well, one more is, is sort of like a, I, I thought, you know, the way the Lakers gave up those pieces for Westbrook, I thought I thought they should have just gone with Buddy Heald, man. And I thought Buddy Heald just fits that team so much more. And and plus they would have had like another asset or two to make a trade. It would have cost them less to get Heald than it went for like save cap, you know, maybe sign upgrade in one of these positions, even though they're stacked now. But I thought Heald would fit. I really wanted to see Heald on a good team. Yeah. No, Buddy Heald, and, and we talked about this the other day too. Buddy Heald, again, me, you, and I both, we loved him out of Oklahoma. And again, I think the reason why no one really talks about him as much is because he plays for Sacramento. Nobody watches Sacramento. So that's kind of the thing where I think he kind of gets lost. And the same thing with like De'Aaron Fox. Amazing player, but he's just stuck on an awful team and in a garbage organization. But Buddy Heald, like you mentioned, would have been a great fit. Great shooter, spreads the floor, you know, a lot, a lot of talent, a lot of potential, very young still. I, I agree. I think that would have been a nice, a nice move there for them. But you know what? Now we it will be fun to see. I think that's the thing. It's it's annoying. I want knowing it to what, blow up so bad. I get honestly, it could go so many ways and have it to blow up. I think it would be funny. I would rather have it like the way that Brooklyn went. Like, I, I like the way Brooklyn went out. You know, down to the wire, losing in the playoffs in the last minute. I like that. I hope I hope that happens. I hope, like, they play Dallas, Game 7, and Luka hits, like, a game-winning three. Oh, my God. Get the popcorn now. I would love that. Honestly, I should write that down. I, I should write that down now, August 3rd. And we'll see where we're at, like, next, next uh, May. If that's even a thing, but man, oh man, I just, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see what happens, but man, wouldn't that be something? All right. Last one for you. I got, so the Knicks, I thought were a huge, you know, play in free agency. I think they entered with the most cap space out of anybody. Um, and they really did a, a, a non Knicks thing. You know, the Knicks thing is just go for the, the biggest celebrity, the biggest influencer, you know, like I'm surprised Kuzma didn't get overpaid to go to New York. But Fair. they stayed home. They they had all this cap money, and they re-signed Derrick Rose. They re-signed Nerlens Noel. They re-signed Alec Burks, and then they signed Ed Fournier for almost twenty million a year for a four-year deal. But I mean, you had fifty million cap space. You could have thrown an offer like in, in any other year. They're going after Chris Paul. They're going. They're going after, uh, you know, Lowry. They're going after all these big dudes. DeRozan. Right. And, you know, they just kind of bring back the squad, add a little bit of shooting, which they desperately needed. I don't mind it not going after the big fish because I'm like, you know what? Sign all these guys to the three year deals in three years, beat on free agency. Then you go after the, the big fish, right? You just build your culture for three years, stay the course a little bit. I don't mind it. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And I think because I know a lot of people were just way in over their head when they're saying, oh, the Knicks are a win now team. And I'm like, no, 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 no. What you said yeah. was perfect. The perfect way to describe them, because the way that I look at the Knicks is kind of similar to how the Raptors were within their first like three, four years, like 2013 to 2015. Very young, good supporting cast. If you build that for a few years, then exactly like you said, go for the big fish get it, and then you got this really good supporting cast. And if you instantly. go to the playoffs, yeah. right? You, you go to the playoffs a few years, keep this core together, lose in the second round, then get your big guy, boom, let's go to the conference finals you and just try want, to get to the NBA point, finals. At this point, if you're New York, you just want the superstars to notice you, you know? You yeah. don't gotta, you don't, the first thing you want to do is, is sign a, a, a guy, overprice a guy, and then, you know, you just stuck on that contract forever, and then you, the time a big free agent comes along, you you can't even be in the in the same ballpark as him. But absolutely, just just you know, like 
every once in a while, you know, you make the you make the playoffs, maybe make the second round, right? Durant's like this is you, Kawhi recognizes you, you know, like, yo, these teams ain't no slouch, you know, they play hard. Imagine what I could be on this team. We are in the finals. That's all you want. That's all you gotta do right now. Just 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 be around. Just be around. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that'll do it from the NBA talk. We're gonna do literally and we'll probably rapid fire through a little NFL news from the latest there, but I mean this NBA season, man, I mean, the thing is here, this offseason is going to last like two months and we're right back at it. So it's not like we're going to have to wait a whole lot until opening day starts for the NBA. So, man, I cannot wait to to see how these trades pan out and, and get started, man. That's going to be a ton of fun. But NFL news, of course, we'll start talking about the NFL next week and so on and so forth as September is right around the corner. I mean, the Hall of Fame game is on Thursday. I didn't even realize that. But Holy. real quick here. Right? It's it's ridiculous how quick that came up. Two things here before we end off. Two teams are already having a horrendous start to their week. The Indianapolis Colts and the New York Giants. We'll start with the Colts. Carson Wentz. Oh my goodness. This guy has just had nothing but bad luck in his career. Hurt his foot. I think he opted not to have surgery. I can't remember whether he's having surgery or not. But he is out 5-12 to 12 weeks, which means he's going to miss most likely all of September, maybe he's back in mid-September, but he's going to miss some games. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts cannot catch a goddamn break. Well, and Quinton Nelson came down with the same injury too. And yes, Quentin he did. Big, yeah, big part of their. But, That's a um, huge deal. Yeah, huge, and they got one of the best O lines in, in football. But yeah, it's the same deal. Five to twelve weeks. I think both of them. Uh, maybe yeah, all of September. Yeah, three. I think they'll miss you know three, four games. Um. It, it definitely boosts, I thought, them in tennis in the mix for their division. But, you know, three weeks without those guys, it, he's kind of got the division, you know, got got a, a, a foot ahead of him now. You know, the Colts can still do the damage, but I think Tennessee's got a little bit of a, you know. No doubt. And it seems like, it seems like I always believe in Indy. Every year, last year with with Rivers, I thought they were right there, which they were right there, and just lost. Yeah, they, week they're, 17. they're just one piece away, man. They're they are, they away. really are. And I think Carson Wentz, this was the perfect environment for him, and to get off to this rocky start, I cannot imagine how frustrating this is for him and Colts fans, Frank Reich, for everyone to lose Quentin Nelson as well for the beginning of the year. On top of that, mm. like you mentioned. Going with Tennessee, Indy's first three games of the year, Seattle, Rams, Titans. Oof. Oof. That is yeah, not the, the way. Game too. Yeah. yeah, that is not the way you want to start to go up against. I know Seattle's defense hasn't been the same in a few years, but man, to go up against that defense, Aaron Donald, and then a Tennessee D-line without Quentin Nelson. I mean, ouch, and that is going to be rough. The part that really sucks about it is it's not just like your starting quarterback, obviously the most important position in all of football, but the fact that it's it's a new squad, right? It just takes them three weeks back of learning the offense. You know, you yep. can only do so much film study, man. You got to – all this practice time you're missing now, all this learning the playbook, learning your receivers, you know, just the tendencies. It's just like that's really bad, man. That sucks. You got – this is probably the most important time of the year for him, you know, just learning your guys around you. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, you need reps. And I heard a rumor the other day saying, oh, maybe the Colts uh, might go and trade Nick Foles, who's now dropped a third on the Bears depth chart. And I was like, do not do this to Carson Wentz again. That would be <laughs> so awful if that happened to him again. I'm like, just let him, just don't do this to him again. Who, who's the backup, do you know? I yeah, I looked it up. So they got because they let Jacoby Brissett walk in March, so they no longer have him as an insurance policy. But they have Jacob Eason, Brett Hundley, who was with Green Bay a few years back, and then Sam Ellinger, who was a star at Texas, but obviously has not had any NFL starts. So it's going to be someone who doesn't have a ton of experience. I would assume maybe it's Brett Hundley, but hey, you're going to stick we'll with see. Tom the Rock, yeah, and, you know. Yeah, oh, absolutely. John, a whole lot of Jonathan Taylor. Maybe that's something to talk about in fantasy. Maybe his fantasy value just went up. But we'll talk about that um, in, a, in a few weeks as we get closer to NFL season and we break down the AFC South. And then last thought here, the New York Giants practice apparently was an absolute shit show. <laughs> apparently the other day, Kelvin Benjamin got thrown out of practice for swearing at Joe Judge. He ended up getting cut. I forgot that guy even existed. And then wow. today... 
And then today, the entire practice, apparently like half the team got in a brawl, in a fight, and Daniel Jones was on the ground, and it was a disaster. Big deal or not a big deal for the New York Giants? No, nah, no deal. But uh, I did not hear about the Daniel Jones part. That, that, a little bit, actually. Now I think of it. But, you know, it's just, you see, as soon as the pads come on, I think today was the first pad of practice. Yep. Tempers fair. Competitors are competitors. You have 100 guys battling for roster spots. You know, it's just, that's, that's part of what makes the game the game, man. Everybody just wants to win. Everybody wants their spot. Everybody wants to play. You see it at every level, high school level, college level, no different in the NFL. But that Daniel Jones, man, if he if he doesn't mess with his teammates, I didn't know about that, man. That could be a, a little something to keep an eye on. Yeah. No, I don't think Daniel Jones was not part of the fight, but I think he tried to break it up. But he ended oh, okay, up being at the okay. bottom of the got, pile. Of flung. Yeah, yeah, flung yeah, and he got it. yeah he got flopped. Which also that's not good though, because that's your leader, like that's your quarterback. Like as a team, you got to do what you can to protect him, not yeah. like you know put him in harm's way. I don't. I, again, it's hard to read these things early on, so I'm going to say it's not the biggest deal either. Having said that, this is a big prove it year for the New York Giants. Therefore, I think it is a little bit of a big deal because. You got to be together and close knit and not be getting in fights like that. But again, we only know part of the story. Uh, still preseason, got to go. And then, you know, we'll see how the Giants do in the beginning of the year. But, anyways, we got a lot more NFL talk coming your way in the coming weeks. But that'll do it from this week's episode of Baller Island. B, last thoughts? Man, I can't wait for NFL season, man. I feel like I'm hurt. I, I can't wait. Holy. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. It was a great NBA season, and I'm always looking. Football season is one of my favorite parts of the year, and I can't wait. I'm I'm really excited. I usually don't give a damn about preseason, but man, I cannot wait to see number five in red and gold in two weeks. Trey Lance, I can't wait to see him in person and finally watch him on the football field. But that'll do it from this week's episode of Baller Island. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter, and we will see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Baller Island. We got a lot more content coming your way, so make sure to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.